Hello and welcome to our last minute revision guide on No Longer at Ease, which is a book by the Nigerian author Chinua Achebe. Now, this book is popularly referred to as part of an African trilogy uh, and it follows a previous book called Things Fall Apart and the third book in the trilogy is called The Arrow of God. So this book is part of a wider trilogy by Chinua Achebe which look at common themes affecting Nigeria prior to its independence, uh, immediately after its independence from British rule and uh, subsequent years that follow. Uh, and in our second video, so this is uh, the first video that belongs to a three-part series because there's a lot to unpack in this book. Uh, in our second video, we will go into what colonization means for those of you that might not be very um, aware of this context. And this is really important when you're considering uh, some of the key elements of this book and some of the key themes that crop up time and again. Now, this book is incredibly interesting. However, it's one of the more challenging texts that teachers sometimes select uh, to have their students uh, sit as part of their exams. So uh, that's one of the reasons why we decided to break this up and uh, I essentially decided to um, kind of give a really detailed breakdown of many of the issues that you need to consider when thinking about and, and revising through this uh, book. Now for this video, we will delve into uh, the structure of the book, why it's a tragedy, and generally uh, the plot. And then in subsequent videos, we'll go more into characters and themes. So, No Longer at Ease is a tragedy, and it's a tragic story. Uh, and according to Aristotle, so it's very important to be clear on what a tragedy means. Uh, a, a tragedy does not mean that the character always has to die. A tragedy is when uh, a main character who's very noble, uh, very moral and a good person at the beginning has a fatal flaw or something uh, that you can call a homartia. Um, and due to this fatal flaw in their character, they make a series of mistakes which eventually leads to their downfall. Now, when you're thinking about why uh, No Longer at Ease is a tragic story, uh, the main reason is Obi, so Obi Okonkwo, who's the main character, uh, begins as a really moral and a very strong character. However, his fatal flaw, or his hamartia, is this arrogant belief that he holds that he can change an entire culture and its norms. And in his case, it's his own particular culture, so Nigerian culture, and specifically to him, his Ibo culture, and some of the uh, values that he sees as regressive. Uh, going a little bit more into why this book is a tragedy, so... Obi, the main character, rebels against traditional Ibo customs. So uh, in Nigeria, there's lots of different tribes and Obi belongs to a specific tribe, one of the larger tribes called uh, the Ibo, so I-G-B-O. And uh, at the time, um, his fiancée, who uh, is called Clara, who he met on uh, the boat back from England where he had, he had received his university education, is classified according to Ibo culture as an Osu, uh, which is in other words an untouchable. However, Obi against, rebels against this and he says he doesn't care, he's going to go ahead and marry her and this alienates him from his countrymen. So he's from a region called Umofia, U-M-U-O-F-I-A 
and um, they hold really stringently to these values of, um, you know, not marrying untouchables and, you know, the acceptable group of people that should be married. But OB tries to rally against this. Uh, The other reason um, is that why this is a tragedy and why Obi makes mistakes, according to this novel, is that he um, begins uh, by being really staunchly against uh, corruption in Nigeria. So when he comes back, he uh, finds that a lot of his fellow countrymen from the Umofia region want to um, ask him for favours and want to use his position in order to further their own um, personal agendas. And he rallies against this. He is really, really uh, staunchly against taking bribes and benefiting only his own countrymen. And this alienates him from them. Um, And although as the novel progresses, he does change and he gradually becomes corrupt, uh, he eventually then suffers a very public fall from grace as a result of his corruption. Uh, the third element that makes it uh, that makes this book a tragedy and Obi a tragic character is he begins with strong morals, but he has hubris, which is um, an excessive pride in his ability to change the culture of corruption in Nigeria. And he attempts to put an end to uh, traditional Ibo values, well, some traditional Ibo values, which really alienates him from his countrymen. So when discussing this book and why it's a tragedy, and that's one of the things that's really important and essential when um, engaging in a really detailed analysis of this book, make sure you include all of these elements. Now, thinking about the novel structure as a whole, uh, it's worth noting that the story has a circular structure. What that means is that it begins and ends in the same position. So the courtroom where a judge bemoans how someone like Obi, who holds so much promise, could become corrupt. But only after we read the novel. So it starts with Obi at his trial, which he loses. Uh, and then it's almost like a flashback. And we see this build up to the point at which he is in trial. But then we realise actually corruption is rife. And the judge telling him off for being corrupt is actually incredibly um, hypocritical. Now, going into the main uh, summary and the plot of this novel... Uh, so we meet Obi, who's the main character, and he comes from a place um, called Emofia, which is a village in Nigeria. Uh, I've put uh, an image of Africa for those of you who may not be familiar with the continent. And um, as you can see at the bottom highlighted in green or at the, I suppose, bottom left uh, is Nigeria. So just in case you're not entirely sure where Africa is or where Nigeria is geographically, hopefully that map on the left helps. Uh, So, Nigeria has just emerged from a long period of colonisation under the British Empire. Uh, Nigeria gained independence from the British in 1960 and when this novel begins, the promise of freedom and empowerment among Nigerian people is, you know, it's infectious. Uh, But in spite of its political independence, Nigeria is still quite dependent on England and it maintains its ties on England. Um, And Obi is one of the bright students who is sponsored by the Emofia Progressive Union, which is a union from the place that he comes from, to go abroad and study in England, which is a very, very kind of privileged position that he finds himself in. And initially he goes to study law, yet he changes and studies English and eventually gains an advanced qualification in English before he comes back to Nigeria. 
So uh, after completing his studies in the story, uh, on the ship heading back to Nigeria, Obi meets and falls enough with Clara, a woman who is also a fellow Nigerian who had also received a competitive scholarship to go and study abroad. Uh, and they spark up a relationship. Uh, however, Obi finds that Clara is really secret secretive and he's not quite sure why. Uh, however, he pays no attention to this and he really falls for her. And upon his return, we find that Obi has become very westernised in his views. He starts looking down on some of the values uh, that his countrymen in Nigeria hold and certain cultural norms um, he sees as really backwards and regressive. In many ways, he sees Nigeria through the eyes of a, um, uh, a white English person as opposed to somebody who grew up in Nigeria all his life. So... Uh, carrying on in the story, Obi upholds a moral stance against corruption, so he gets a government job, um, and even if he is aware that corruption is rife in Nigeria, his westernised beliefs become really evident. And even as soon as he uh, arrives, he has a welcome home party, which is held by the Imofia Progressive Union, in his honour. Um, and he arrives at this party wearing a short-sleeved shirt, not the very elaborate Ibo traditional attire. Uh, he uses really simple informal English when speaking to guests as opposed to more complex English and really over-the-top English that he's expected to speak and definitely the Umofia Union's president speaks. And we start to see that he's really gradually alienating himself from others as the novel progresses and as he settles back into Nigeria. Um, however, things are looking up. He gets a good job in the Senior Services Scholarship Office in Lagos, basically a government job, um, but he starts finding that because he's now part of the middle class, there's certain expectation that come with um, being part of the middle class. So he needs to outwardly and visibly show others that he's arrived in a slightly more superior social status. And this can be very cumbersome and expensive for him. Uh, so firstly, he's expected to... Uh, financially support his father and ailing mother with his paycheck as well as pay for his siblings education uh, he's also expected with um, his new social status and the fact that he has a job in the government to live in the more exclusive area of Lagos um, where his job is based and also own slightly more expensive possessions which are fitting of his superior social status and this causes a lot of financial pressure on him and because he's unable to afford this lifestyle on just one paycheck, Obi finds that he uh, has to go to the bank and take a loan to pay for his car. Um, he also finds that he's expected to use his position as a civil servant to corruptly help other people from Umofia to secure scholarships to study abroad. And um, a notable um, scene in the book is when... Um, Mr. Mark, uh, essentially uh, someone from Imofia, uh, approaches him to help his sister Elsie get a scholarship to study abroad. And the sister, uh, initially when Obi refuses, the sister Elsie then goes back herself to attempt to um, persuade Obi to help her out. And she offers to sleep with him in return for the same favour, which Obi finds really shocking. Uh, and then things now be begin to start, um, the tension and the climax starts kind of coming to a head when Obi proposes to Clara, who finally tells him that she's an Osu, which is a subclass in Ibo culture that are seen as untouchables. Um, Obi doesn't care. He sees himself as sufficiently westernised. He believes his family is Christian and they no longer hold to really 
old traditional Ibo values and he presses on with their engagement and he's confident that, you know, it's going to go well. However, his parents and the Umofia Progressive Union find this out and there's this huge uproar and Obi's mother threatens to kill herself if he does go ahead and marry Clara. Um, and although Obi, who initially was very uh, headstrong and very focused on changing um, what he saw as really regressive values, he kind of backpedals a bit and um, he attempts to ask Clara, you know, to lay low and to um, stall the marriage until the issue tides over. But Clara really sees the writing on the wall and she decides to leave him, you know, stating that his family can never accept her. Um, and at this point, Clara has fallen pregnant, um, meaning that she uh, may have to get an abortion and they do agree to get an abortion. However, Obi, who has so many existing financial obligations, then has to borrow money to pay for abortion, which is botched and it leaves Clara hospitalised. So then the lowest point in the novel is when Obi's mother passes away from her illness and Clara has left Obi. And without both women, um, Obi's life really spirals downwards into a really depressive, depressive state. And whilst previously he was very strong morally, um, he starts gradually accepting bribes and gradually um, benefiting people who may otherwise not have gotten scholarship using his position in the government. And eventually when he actually tries to stop his corrupt deeds, he then gets arrested for corruption and he is found guilty. So that's a summary and that's a nutshell of what essentially happens in the entire novel. So I hope you found this useful. Uh, as I mentioned, this book is incredibly interesting, but also fairly complex to unpack. So this is the first of a three part video series. Uh, the next in the next video, we will tackle the key characters and we'll go into depth on context and why this is important um, and some of the key contextual things that you have to be aware of and you should be in a position to discuss in lots of depth when you are sitting in an exam. So please do come back for the second video and if you liked and found this video helpful do give us a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel for more educational videos and uh, free revision worksheets to use. Thank you.